And what a joy to be back in the house of Dallas today. And I know for a fact that all of you who've been here or who have come here today is not in vain. You know, we might think, why another Sunday? We might think, oh, come on, it's going to be the same sermon. The 66 books that we've read from the Sunday school time till date. Let me tell you, the power of this book has not reduced. And if that is the case, no matter what you go through, my God is there to take care of it. The reason is everybody has got problem in this world. Yes or no? Everybody. Tell me one person. Lift your hand if you're in the house. If you say, I've got no problem. My life is amazing. Anybody here? That's what I expected. Don't raise your hand and don't embarrass me, please. Right? So nobody in the house would say that I've got no problem. Even the baby. There's how many nurses and doctors in the house? Anybody? Yeah, there you go. A lot of hands coming up. You know, when a baby is born, it's not born crying. Is it? It is born crying. It's not born laughing. If the baby does not cry, immediately the nurse, what does the nurse do? Pinches the baby. When we were born into the world, we were born crying. Even the baby knows that the baby is born into a wretched world. He's got to study, do his exams, get married. Because as soon as you're done studying, you've got a culture where they're going to ask you, when are you getting married? God, thank you that you enabled me to take my frustration this Sunday over here and this in front of everybody. As soon as you're done studying, they'll come behind your life and ask you, hey, when are you getting married? As soon as you're married, they're not going to stop. They're going to ask, when are you going to have babies? As soon as you're done with babies, they're going to ask, what's the next plan? You know, I think our community should be in the future planning business and we would do really well because we are really good at it. Come on, people. And today, as I stand here, I want to share something the Lord has given into my heart. But before that, you know, uh, how many of you, I've been a huge fan of Super Bowl. Last year was my first Super Bowl that I watched and I was madly in love with the way. And come on, even when I'm in Dallas, I think I need to be a little biased. I support Chicago Bears and, uh, you know, please don't walk out. Don't walk out, you know, I'm still with you, I love you, no matter what uh, brand you choose, no matter which team you choose, I still love you, right? So here's what it is, we were watching this, uh, me and my, some of my friends, all of these international folks, right? And he's a huge fan of Super Bowl. And he bought a huge 70-inch TV just to watch the Super Bowl. Just to watch the Super Bowl, because it had the HD definition, the high definition. He said, we're going to watch the Super Bowl in HD. Now, we're all sitting at his house watching the Super Bowl and the print looks amazing. The grass is green as ever. The balls and, 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 and the bulls, the rams, everybody shining. We can see everybody clearly. Now, when the commercial break was happening, we were just flipping the channel. And that's when we realized we were watching the half of the game in SD because the HD channels were different from the SD channel. When we realized this, when we flipped into the HD towards the high definition, sometimes we as Christians, we read Bible on a standard definition. We read Bible on the top and we leave it. But if you say that, hey, I am here to watch Jesus on a high definition, you're at the right place. Somebody watching is online. Hey, it is so good to have you. You're comfortable in your couch. The AC is working, but still hot. But thank God that you are wherever you are. If you're driving, make sure that you, you know, put yourself on break and listen to this. If you have the ability and if you are in Dallas, come to this place. Man, this place is fire and this place is amazing. So walking into the Word of God, the month of July is known for several things, especially for a lot of sale because it is Independence Day in America. 
right? It was my first Independence Day in America. I had so much fun watching all the firecrackers go up the sky, make a beautiful lights on the sky. It was so beautiful because the month of July in American tradition and families is known for independence. And I want to stand on that particular word and share today's message. Because I want to share that whenever we have independence from something, we are always dependent on something. Let me repeat myself. When we are independent from something, we always want to be dependent on something else before we are independent from something. Therefore, today, the sermon of my, and the, the title of my sermon is Independent on God. Somebody said amen to that. If I want independence in my life, I need to be independent on God. For example, you know, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a good tradition by the age of 16 or 17 or 18, you want to get out of your house. But kids who want to get out of their house, who want to be independent, would not get out of their house until and unless they know they can depend on a source of financial resource. They would not get out of their house until they are sure that they are able to make some money and feed their tummy. That's the course of life that we live in. When we want independence from anything, we try to hook, up, hook ourselves up with something that can, be, that can be a substitute to something that we left. Today, we each one of us call ourselves as believers. The reason is because we left the world. We left the world. But my question today would be, are we independent to God? Shall we all walk into the scripture? Turn with me to Gospel of John chapter 4, will you? Turn with me to Gospel of John chapter 4. We're going to read a couple of verses together and we're going to walk into and with, within the interest of time, I would want to keep up the time because Holy Spirit is also a spirit of discipline is what I've learned. So I want to make sure that I also keep up the time. So turn with me to Gospel of John chapter 4. Uh, can we go from verses 3 onwards? Verses 3 onwards. It's not yet uh, 12 o'clock. Whoever's phone that was, that was buzzing over me. You know, I still have uh, 20 more minutes to go. I'm just kidding. Right. The Gospel of John chapter 4 verses 3 onwards. And we're going to read until verses 15. Are you ready? And if you are, say an amen with me, people. Perfect. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you... Being a Jew, ask a drink from me who is a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you the living water. Woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Somebody said, the well is deep. Oh, come on. Somebody said, the well is deep. We're going to come back to the well that is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and the livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become to him a fountain of water 
bringing up into everlasting life. Today, as I said, the title of my sermon is Independent to God. Sometimes in life when we are pacing, when we don't know what to do, because all his life, in David's life, he knew he had an option either to pace around his situation or to praise the Lord in his situation. Amen. That's what Jenny was saying today. If you've got it in you to praise the Lord, come on, give it up. Sometimes we are more comfortable pacing around the wall of Jericho rather than praising the Lord around the wall of Jericho. The first thing that I want to share is the seed at the time of a need. The reason, the reason. Can I read verses 4 for you? But he needed to go to Samaria. Talks about Jesus, says Jesus had to go. Now, everybody who knows English, which is majority of each one of you, when we say, but he needed to go, that is a word of compulsion. The reason is in the tradition, Jews would not walk through, if they had to go from Jerusalem to Galilee, they had another way, which is around Jordan, and they would go to Galilee because for them to meet a Samaritan or to walk through Samaria was not so honorable. So all the pious Jews in the land would take the long route, would take the highway. I had to say this, hey, you know, there is no different way. There is no highway to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, which is Jesus. I don't know who that is, but whoever is watching or share it with your buddies and your friends and have them sit in front of the TV because there is something coming for them right now. You know, there is no other way to heaven except Jesus. Now, Jesus said, I am not going to follow the traditional route. But he was insisted in his spirit to go through Samaria. I want to thank our Lord Jesus Christ that he was insisted to leave his glory in heaven and come down to earth for me and you. If you look at the whole picture in Samaria, it's just one woman. And the Bible does not tell us her name, but talks to us about her ethnicity. Beauty is Jesus went for just one woman. When everybody in the town of Samaria says, hey, we are Hellenic Jews, but it's okay. We are doing fine. We've got our degrees. We've got our money. We've got our insurance policy. We got everything. Hey, because we trust on the stock market. The stock goes up. We are happy. Don't look at me as if you do not know what stock is. Everybody has got a Robin Hood app in their phone. They say, we've got everything that we need. They all act and fake only. But Jesus said, I want to meet that one person who is a Samaritan woman, who has had a lot of reputations going bad. She is under the scrutiny of people every now and then with her life and with her past. She has been living a lie. She has been wanting to come out. Jesus says, I am going to stop at Samaria, even though people won't stop, even though priests won't stop, even though churches would not stop. I want to thank Lord that he stopped in Kerala for you and me. I want to thank Lord that he stopped in Bangalore for you and me. Oh, come on. I want to thank my Lord that he has stopped in Richardson today for you and me because it matters to him about one person because if he stops for you and if you change today through you, he can change a whole town. And I got some witnesses saying amen to that. He went into Samaria just for a woman. The Bible says in the, in the verses ahead that she was going out to fetch water during the sixth hour. 
12 o'clock or post noon. That is a time that nobody would get out. It's so hot. I came to Dallas to get some heat because back in Chicago, it's so cold. Trust me. They told me summer is coming, summer is coming. The only thing I could remember is from Game of Thrones. It was only winter that was there. It was only, trust me, only winter. And I said, what in the world is this? I said, God, you brought me all the way from Bangalore. You could have put me anywhere else, anywhere else. But this is cold. Then I come to Dallas and you be very careful of what you pray. Very careful. I come to Dallas and I said, God, I wasn't praying for 110. I was praying for 90. Well, maybe next time you'll be specific of what you're asking. I come all the way to Dallas, so hot. Maybe the place of Samaria was hotter than that and nobody would get out of their house during the noon time to go fetch water. But she had no other option. Sometimes our life is very relatable. You know why? Because we want to get away from the eyes of our community because we think we are not worth it to stand in front of our community. We let our past judge us. We let our past tell who I am. We let the past actions declare what I am going to be. And we try to run away from our community. We try to go to different places where it is crowded, where nobody is going to see us, where we will not have a personal relationship with the pastor, where we will not have a personal relationship with mentor. We are happy. We are happy. Or to be honest, pastor, I've got no other choice other than to run away from a judgmental society. She chose the noon because the people around her was always putting a sight of judgment on her life. But Jesus said, I don't care nobody. I don't care anything about the people. I don't care who says what about you. All I care is if you are ready, if you are, this is for somebody in Richardson, let me tell you, if you are ready, all you need is one encounter in your life for God to change your mere existence. And I want to prophesy this into some families. Your trajectory will change in the name of Jesus. You've been trying to change the phone directories. You've been trying to take some names off your phone list. You've been trying to forget things that you want to forget. You've cleaned up your directories, but your trajectory is still the same. But my God says, uh, the moment you have an encounter with the creator himself, uh, who is not bound by time, who is not bound by space, he says, uh, when people don't care nothing about you, I care a lot about you because I give my life. You come to Samaria just for that lady. Is there somebody here who would say, God, thank you that you came to my hometown just for me. I don't know why I got married to this person. I don't know why I got this wife in my life. But through that, I was still able to meet you. Therefore, I am thank you. I don't know why I was born in this particular family. Well, thank you, God, that I was born in this particular family. Because that family showed me who you are. Jesus sowed a seed at the time of need. Today, let me tell you, if you are here with a need in your life, no matter what it is, my God is here capable to sow a seed in the midst of your need. The second thing, the second thing, you know, that is the principle of give and take. Principle 
of give and take. And I, uh, I have several testimonies for that because I give my old clothes to my brother just in order to exchange his nice suits. And I tell him, you preach about give and take, you know, you should live to it. Sometimes if you're born as a PK, you've got a lot to hold on, right? You can grab your possessions with just using their own Bible sermons. Principle of give and take. Because when Jesus comes, he is resting upon the well. He's resting upon the well. He looks at the woman of Samaria. She comes and Jesus says, nice way of introduction. Give me a drink. He says, no, hi. He says, hey, how are you doing? No. He says, lady, give me a drink. What surprised me is she is over there trying to fill her emptiness. She's trying to fill her emptiness with something that is available at that moment. Listen to me very carefully. She is trying to fill her emptiness with a temporary solution available there. And Jesus stands there and asks this empty woman to give Everything that is left with her. She was there trying to fetch water. What are you trying to fetch today? What is it that me and you are trying to... Are we fetching for peace? Jesus says, give your uneasiness to me. Are you fetching for healing? Jesus says, give your sickness to me. Are you fetching for a financial breakthrough? Jesus says, go to Zion Church on Sunday and put your tithes and offering. They did not tell me to say that. And I know nobody laughed at it also because I know it all punctured your heart. Now you're laughing. There you go. I also know how to go around the... Jesus says, what are you fetching for? All you got to do is give what you're fetching for. Give that uneasiness. Give that moment that you're looking for. You've been going around for love. You've been seeking for admiration. You've been looking for somebody to say how important you are. You've been waiting for somebody to say, hey, you're special to me. You've been waiting for somebody to listen to you. And Jesus says, come to me. One thing that I really like about community and during the COVID time I hated is we were not able to fellowship during the time. Why did Jesus bring church? Why did he bring us from different parts of the world together is so that my weakness can be strengthened by somebody who is already strong. That can happen when I am in a community. A community that understands me. A community that knows what I'm going through. A community that would be there for me no matter what. If you don't have a community, get a community. Richardson and Frisco is open for you. Let me say this. She is walking through a complete stressful emptiness. And Jesus says, give me a drink. The audacity that Jesus had to ask an empty woman to give something that she was trying to fetch. And today, that is the audacity that I preach with. And I say, if you are looking for peace, give your uneasiness because you are going to walk back home with the peace of my Christ Jesus because he did not sacrifice himself for Wayne. He said, when I die on that cross, I give you my peace, the peace that is beyond every understanding. And when I give you that peace, no power or principality, nothing of the heaven and nothing below can take that away from me. I want to finish it up quick. The third thing, the third thing, 
not everything that is deep, not everything that is deep is for a keep. Can I repeat that? Not everything. Can somebody say that with me? Not everything. Not everything. Please don't talk like Ariana because when we tell her to speak, she says, well, let's not do that. Let's say, not everything, not everything. that is deep is for a keep. Tell me somebody who would not want deep pockets. Everybody wants deep pockets. Not because it's more comfortable to put your hand in, no. But deep pockets basically means, basically means the flourishing financial resources you have. Everybody wants deep pockets. Everybody wants deep engine. Everybody wants a deep tank fuel. Why? Because who's going to go all the way up every now and then and keep fuel? Everybody wants things that's deep. Everybody wants deep relationship with maybe political people. Why? It shows your influence. But not everything that is deep is for a keep. You know why? Because especially when you are a well and you've gone deep, that means your resources are depleting. That does not show, that does not show the providence of God, but that shows no hand of God in life. The third point is, and I'm going to finish up with this, so stay with me. And, and maybe, I think it was Mary Fisher who said, it is not your applause that I'm looking for, but it is your attention. And can I quote her and say, it is not your applause that I'm looking for, but your attention on the third point. You know why? Because this well has got a lot to speak about. This well in Samaria, in Sychar, has got a lot to talk about. Because this well has got a tradition to speak about. This is Jacob's well. The well that he gave to Joseph. Not just that. If you go to Genesis chapter 12, this is the exact place where God came down to Abraham and renewed a covenant with him. This is the exact place where Abraham built an altar. This is the exact place where Jacob came back out of Laban and found rest. This is the exact place where Jacob built an altar. That is why then it signifies the well and that is where the well is. Moving on, this is the same place where Joseph and he died. All of his bones were buried in this exact place. Samaria and this well has got a lot of tradition to speak about. But it does not have enough to quench the thirst of the generation coming up. Because the well is deep. You got to try hard. You got to put your buckets deep to get something out of it. Somebody who's trying deep to get something out of it. Something meaningful. You know why? The other thing that I was thinking is, you know, this woman, the only thing she knew was to fetch water because anything else that she was fetching was not bringing any meaning to her life. She tried several times to find somebody who would love her. She tried several times and she was fed up and she was tired. She said, no more. What am I supposed to do? The only thing I know that may be quenched, that could quench my thirst, is this well. But sadly, the well is depleting. The well is depleting. The well is. I've met several of them, young and old. The only thing they know 
is to go to the well. The reason I'm telling about the well so much is that only gives you a temporary solution. Sometimes youngsters who want to be heard, they go to a different zone altogether because the only thing they know is to go to that zone. Sometimes families, you know, it is so sad to know that the cereal boxes in Walmart has got a better expiry date than many of the relationship status. It is sad to see that. It is sad to see that young folks and older folks go all the way to different sort of liquid forms. Fermented cough syrups. Because they don't know anything else to do. They've got so much sorrow. They don't know where to go put their sorrows. Let me tell you. If you are a part of a community, you might not be able to talk to your parents. Sometimes people say, some, some kids tell me, Pastor, I don't know how to talk to your parents. Fair enough. But have you tried talking to your parents? No. It's okay. The reason God gives each sheep a shepherd is so that the sheep can communicate to the shepherd. The reason God gives us mentors and leaders in our community is so that what we cannot share with somebody else, we can share with them. You don't need to fight the battle by yourself. You know what she chose? The moment she heard about Jesus, the moment she heard about Jesus being the living water, immediately, Bible says, she left her jar there and she went into the city. She did not change her church just because she was not able to get out of what she was trying to get out of. She immediately went into the city because a broken person knows several other broken people. The funny thing, you know what? It is not the, the Samaritans. I was just thinking about it. The Samaritan people were just reciprocating the action that they felt from the Jews. The Jewish people put them as outcasts. The Jewish people would not look at them. The Jews, so all the Samaritans knew was to judge somebody from their community. They did not know the words of love. Thank God for our community. We just don't stand judging, but we stand there in the gap for people, for broken folks, for people who are disheartened. And I want to thank my Lord that He has brought us into a place where somebody else's shoulder can be the head where I can lean myself. This woman, she had nothing else to do except to go to the water. Somebody who's been going back to the wells. That is a temporary solution. Get out of there. Because there is, there is a Jesus that loves you. And the moment you realize that, don't keep running away from the community thinking, oh, oh, come on, this is the saint. We know all about her. People are going to talk that about you. But can you be the bigger person? Can you say, hey, you know, you might not drink, you might not do drugs, you might not do anything else, but you've got anger, you've got jealousy. God does not hate that too. But you're going to judge me because I sin differently than you. Fair enough. Let me ask you this. Can we still go back to our community and say, I know I was looking at the wrong place, but now I've found the right place. The Samaritan woman, listen to this. Let me conclude. The Samaritan woman, she moved from cheap 
reliance to a deep assurance in God. Why did I say cheap reliance? Because the water that she was fetching was only quenching the thirst for a few hours. Movies we watch, sometimes the friends we hang out all good sometimes the places we go all good pastor I just want a temporary solution it's so painful what I'm going through give me something that will take my pain away hey that takes your pain those pills or whatever those takes the pain away for two hours maybe a whole day but that comes back poisoning your life with regret with shame with guilt can we all rise in God's presence? Maybe this is not for you, but this is for your friend. Can you be the Jesus for that person? For somebody who is lost in the community, who does not know, who is stuck in a crossroad, can you be the Jesus in their life and say, hey, I know where I can take you. Every eye closed. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to do an altar call. But can I do something? Can I ask? It's your personal moment. Listen, if Jesus stopped for the Samaritan just for one woman, and if you believe that that you did not come here for Wayne, you did not come here to kill time. I am not here to kill time. But if you believe. That, that Jesus who stopped for the Samaritan woman is right here by the well by the well that I've been fetching all my life he says you don't need that well no more that well has got a lot of people in him the well has helped a lot of people on a temporary basis but I want to give you a permanent solution I want to give you a freedom a real freedom, a freedom of truth from the fake world. If you are somebody, can you just put your hand on your chest today? I just want to quickly pray. If you are that somebody and if you want to pray for your friend as well, if that friend comes in front of you right now, just pray for that friend if you're looking for that friend. Let me tell you, there are a lot of people going into that wells, my friend. My community, there are a lot of people going back to that well because they don't know what else to do. Let me say, Jesus. Let me say, Jesus. Father, Lord, I'm going to give you all glory and honor at this moment. God, I want to thank you for speaking into our hearts. Lord, we are looking for independence of God. We are looking for independence from the substance abuse. We've been waiting for independence from those emotional tragedies that's been pulling us back. We are tired of God carrying that all around our life. I've got a smile on my face on a Sunday, but from Monday to Saturday, I am going through hell. We gotta be honest, people. Say, Jesus, I give my life right now. I know you're at that well. I know you're at that point where I lose myself. And I know at this moment that it is me or my friend that you're talking about. I give my life away, oh God. 
give my life, Lord. I give my life, Father God. We thank you and honor you and thank you, oh God, for speaking into our hearts. Thank you for blessing your people in Jesus' loving and gracious name. We pray and everybody said, come on, you said an amen. May the Lord continue to bless you. May God's favor be upon Zion and the families of Zion. And may God take care of all your endeavors. And may you be a door for many other people to walk into the grace of my Almighty God. God bless.